As we take our journey with Christ, we should share with others the wonders He has done. This is the final message in the series, Take the Journey. This message is entitled, Share Your Story. Here is Pastor Steve Holmesy. How's everybody doing this evening? We're involved in this series, Taking the Journey, Take the Journey, and we might even say, Take the Adventure, because uh, we're really talking about the greatest adventure you can be on, and that's following after Jesus. We've been looking at Matthew chapter 4, uh, verses 18 through 22. That's been our passage that's anchored our, our study throughout this series. And so if you have your Bibles or Bible app, you can turn there or on the MyCOR app. And, and let's get started by looking at that passage uh, tonight. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. Thank you for your your grace to us, Lord, to help us understand your word by your Holy Spirit and to live it out, Lord, by the power that you give us. Lord, we pray tonight that you guide us, teach us, direct us into more of your truth. Help us to, to live it in a way that would honor you. In Jesus' name, amen. Matthew chapter, five, chapter 4, starting in verse 18. So let me read this uh, for you here, and we'll anchor us in one more lesson in this series. As Jesus was walking beside the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon, called Peter, and his brother Andrew. They were casting a net into the lake because they were fishermen. Come, follow me, Jesus said, and I will send you out to fish for people. So notice Jesus issues a call here. What did he say? Come, follow me, and I will, and this is his commission, I will send you to fish for people. So there's a call, come, follow me, Jesus said, and there's this commission. He promises them, I will send you out to fish for people. And notice this, at once they left their nets and followed him. Going on from there, he saw two other brothers, James, son of Zebedee, and his brother John, and they were in a boat with their father Zebedee preparing their nets. Jesus called them, and immediately they left the boat and their father and followed him. And so, Jesus is inviting these men to take the journey of following him. He was calling them, and he's calling us to be disciples. That's really what this is about. And we've been seeing in our series here that the word disciple is used in the Bible is about a personal follower, learner, an imitator of Jesus. That is, a disciple is personally following after Jesus by learning more about him, by becoming more like him. As incredible as that sounds, that's what God calls us to. That's what Jesus was inviting us into, this call of becoming disciples, this journey of following after him. And in this series, if you've been with us uh, through these four lessons in the series. If you haven't, I'd encourage you to pick up those lessons, my COR app and online. But we've touched on four key aspects to this journey that I wanted to uh, review with you just briefly before we move into tonight's lesson. And you remember when we began the series, uh, Jessica taught us about starting now, not tomorrow, next, next week, not sometime down the, the road. You remember these disciples responded at once, or immediately is what the Scripture says, and that's really what Jesus is calling us to do. Today, right now, is when he calls, and we need to have a, a yes 
ready for the call on our lives. Wherever you are on this journey, if you're just beginning, tonight's the night to make that, that step. Now's the time. Or wherever you are, Jesus is calling us to take that step of discipleship with him. Start now. Secondly, we learn don't go alone. This is not a solo flight. God calls us to take this journey with others who are following the call, who are following after Jesus. It's called Jesus Church. Be a part of the church and journey with the people of God. Thirdly, we learn that it's important to fuel up. If, uh, any of you taken a journey this summer in your car? You find it important to fuel up the car before you, you get going, and it costs a lot more, but that's another story. Uh, fuel up for our spiritual journey is really about our personal relationship with God daily, grounding ourselves in his word, in a walk with him, and that's how we get the fuel to take this journey, sustain this journey, and finish this journey well. And last weekend, Justin helped us to understand why it's so important to invest in what matters, to take the time, the talent, the treasure that God has given us and invest it in his eternal kingdom, the things that really make a difference for eternity. And as we finish up uh, the series this weekend, we're focused on one more key to this successful journey. You ready? Anybody ready for that? One more key, and that is share your story. Would you say that with me? share your story. It's so important for us to, to share the story of the journey that we're on with others. The disciples that Jesus called in, in this passage from Matthew, of course, shared a lot of their experience about their journey, and that's why we have the gospel accounts. Aren't you glad we have the gospels? Aren't you glad they shared their story? And the reality is, think about it with me. If you go on a meaningful journey don't you often want to share that journey with you, what you, what you saw, what you learned, what you experienced? In fact, uh, my wife and I, uh, two weeks ago now, were on a meaningful journey. Uh, for us, we, we went to visit uh, her dad down in Charleston, South Carolina, where she, she grew up. So we drove down to Charleston to visit Joe, who had just turned 94 and Joe is a World War II veteran, so we drove down to Charleston, but then I flew with Joe from Charleston to the World War II Museum in New Orleans. This is a bucket list experience for him, and it was an amazing experience for me. In the airport and all through the museum, people were coming up to him, thank you, sir, for your service. There's a picture of Joe at the World War II museum, thank you for your service, all kinds of people coming up and really thankful for, for his part in that. And it was, it was amazing for me, it was amazing to see him tear up at some of the things that the World War II Museum was, was sharing and, and experiences he had been familiar with. And also, he was sharing that with uh, three of his grandkids were able to come, one of them was our son, and seven great-grandkids coming with the, uh, the uh, grandparents or, or with the grandkids. You can see the whole group there, the whole entourage uh, with Joe. And I'm saying this because I I've been telling this story ever since. Why? Because it's meaningful to me. It was meaning to, meaningful to our family. And we feel like it's meaningful to share with other people about uh, Joe's faithfulness, God's faithfulness to him, to us, to our country, for that matter. Sharing your story is meaningful. Now, let me take this a step further. What if you experience a journey that's life-changing? 
Let's say you experience a journey where you find out there's a cure for cancer. Would you want to share that story with other people? Would you want other people to know there's healing and hope and help for them in their, their battle with cancer? Of course you would. Now, listen to me. Your journey with Jesus and my journey with Jesus is life-changing. Think about it. We have experienced the cure for sin and guilt and shame. It's called salvation in Jesus Christ. Have you experienced some freedom in Christ in your life? Has that been life-changing to you? It is for all of us. We dig down deep enough. Sometimes you may feel like, well, my story is not worth sharing. Yes, it is. And we're going to find out more about that as we go along here. And, and I, I came to more of a conviction of this as, as I was preparing for the message. We have the answer for those who are, who are hurting and, and hungry spiritually. The answer is found in Christ. And our journey with him is a personal testimony about that. The story of your journey in Christ is life-changing because of who he is and what he's done. Let me share with you uh, something the Apostle Paul talked about and, and declared here in Romans chapter 1, verse 16. And let me tie that in with Paul's personal story to see how the personal story goes together with the gospel story to help people understand the life-changing ministry of Jesus. Romans 1, verse 16 in fact, let's read this together. If you can see that on your screen there or you have it on your app, it's good to read God's Word out loud together. Let's read this. You ready? For I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes. There's power in the gospel. Of course, the gospel is all about the death and resurrection of Jesus and what he's done for us. Now, Paul, here's what I want to share with you. In reading Paul, you read through his letters, you read about his uh, testimony in the book of Acts, Paul not only shared about who Jesus was, what he did, but he said, he changed me. Paul talked about, this is what I was. In fact, at one point, Paul says, I was the worst of sinners. So you want to talk about sinners? I was the worst. I was the chief. But, he says, by the grace of God, he's made me into something very different, very amazing. This is life-changing, and Paul wanted to share his story as a part of the gospel story. You see the picture? And that's what God wants to do with you and I. He, our personal story, the journey we're on with Jesus, is part of the gospel story. It's part of how God reaches other people with the gospel. And so, notice this, what Jesus himself said, what he tells us, what he really commands us uh, about this, about this kind of sharing. And Jesus said to them, to the disciples, go into all the world and proclaim the gospel to the whole creation. Proclaim the gospel. Again, it's the gospel story. He said, get that out there, share that. And again, Jesus said, proclaim as you go, saying the kingdom of heaven is at hand. What I want to emphasize here is Jesus is, is telling us to declare, to proclaim, to share. You remember he told the disciples in Matthew 4, he said, I will send you out and make you what? Fishers of men. What does he mean by that? Is that uh, we, we got to get a long spiritual line and get some worms and this sort of thing? No, he's talking about sharing. He's talking about telling. He's talking about your story, sharing that with other people. 
And, and this is what he's exhorting us and even commanding us to do here. And so it's very important to share your story. Would you turn to your neighbor and say, it's really important to share your story? All right, now you're getting that. In essence, Jesus says in, the, in this passage in particular, I want you to notice this, as you go, as you go. He's saying, as you go about your daily life, whatever you do, day by day, share your story. Look for ways to do that. And so that's what we're talking about tonight. We want to uh, learn the importance of this and understand how we can do this. How can we share our story in a way that makes a difference to get the gospel out there to help people understand the life-changing ministry of Jesus? How can we do that? Well, we're going to talk about four practical things very briefly here tonight, and this will help all of us. I know it helped me as I prepared uh, to understand a little bit better how we can be ready to and and actually share our story with others. The first one may surprise you, but very simply, share your story by getting baptized. In fact, this is so important. Pastor Dale has taken the time to prepare a short video uh, that explains why baptism is so important. You heard the testimony before also, but let's join Pastor Dale as he explains even more. You know, we're involved in this series about following Jesus and taking a journey with Jesus. And one part of your journey with Jesus really does involve making the choice to share your Jesus story with other people. And actually, according to scripture, we're given a very important act that we're to engage in that is a part of us telling our story. And that act is called baptism. In fact, we see the example of baptism in Jesus' life himself, that when Jesus began his earthly ministry, he goes to the River Jordan and he asks John the Baptist to baptize him. And John the Baptist says, I'm not worthy to even untie your sandals. And why should I baptize you? And Jesus' response was basically, this is fulfilling what is right. I'm setting a pattern uh, for followers after me that they will commit to following me in a public declaration, other people seeing it by the act of baptism. And all throughout scripture, we see in the book of Acts chapter two that uh, after the day of Pentecost and Peter preaches that great message and people say, what do we need to do to be saved? And Peter said, you need to repent and be baptized, every one of you in the name of Jesus for the forgiveness of your sins. You know, you'll receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. So baptism is the way that we publicly affirm our faith in Christ. Don't think that baptism is something that is just not necessary or important. It doesn't get you to heaven. You don't have to be baptized to go to heaven, but you need to be baptized to tell your story to the world around you. It is a public confession of your faith in Jesus Christ. So what is baptism about? Baptism is when you go into the waters of baptism, and what we do, we practice baptism by immersion, and you go under those waters, it is, a symbol, it is symbolizing the fact that you're dying to the old person, that who you used to be before you met Christ is now past, it is behind you, it is buried in baptism. And then you're brought up out of the waters, declaring and symbolizing the fact that you're now walking in the newness of life in Jesus Christ. And baptism, public baptism, is a wonderful time to invite your family, to invite your friends, to invite people that uh, you want to bear witness to that you're a follower of Jesus and to let them come and see the fact that you are publicly affirming your faith in Christ. And perhaps there's some of you, maybe even many of you, that you've never taken the act, taken the step to get water baptized. 
It is so essential. It's really more for you and for the people around you. It's not about earning your salvation. We don't earn our salvation by works. Salvation, baptism doesn't save you, but baptism is a declaration of the fact that you received Jesus' forgiveness and you made a choice to follow him. It's one of the most powerful ways that you can testify to the world around you that in fact, you are a follower of Jesus Christ. And I wanna really encourage you, if you've never been baptized, if you've never followed Jesus in a, in a meaningful way in baptism, maybe you were baptized earlier as a child or didn't even quite understand when you were being baptized, maybe it's something you wanna think about in your life again, but you need to know that baptism is a way that you tell your story. And I wanna encourage you this weekend to sign up to be baptized, to make a choice to say, I'm going to tell the world my story by a symbolic act, me going into the waters of baptism, going down under those waters, declaring that my old life is, is gone, coming up out of those waters, declaring I'm a new person in Jesus Christ. And I want to tell the whole world about it. Baptism is a powerful way for you and I to tell the story of Jesus in our lives to our friends, to our families, to the world around us. Make the choice to do it today. Thank you, Pastor Dale, excellent. Jesus set the example for us uh, in going through the waters of baptism and we're called to imitate him and follow after him. If you've accepted Jesus as Lord and Savior, you haven't been baptized, now's the time. Remember, we saw in the first lesson right now, is the time to follow through. And so, simple way to do that, very quickly, if you take your phone and text H2O to 313131, that'll get you connected with our team. We'll help you get signed up because this next weekend, we're going to be baptizing after all the services. The following weekend as well, we're going to be baptizing because that's how important baptism is. So again, text H2O to 313131. We'll get you signed up. Get baptized. This will help you to share your story. Then also, number two, live different. Everybody say live different. When we live different because we know the Lord, people notice they see the joy, peace, confidence, love, these kinds of things in our lives. They want to know how they can experience that as well. I, I've uh, heard from many of you over the years different testimonies where you're at work and other situations, and people come to you and say, how do you handle the situations we're going through or that we see you're going through in the way that you do? And you have the opportunity to share your story, your gospel story, the story of what Jesus is doing in your life because you're living differently. People want to know, why, why do you live to this standard, the standard of Jesus in your life? Now, let's acknowledge something here. It's really important as we make this, this point that even though we're called to live differently, none of us is going to live perfectly. Are you with me? Even though we're called to live differently, none of us are going to live perfectly the standard of Jesus. In fact, in our series, Craig Brown earlier uh, taught about how we all wrestle with certain uh, shortcomings and failures in our lives. Any of you have some of those shortcomings and failures? And the reason I'm saying this is because sometimes there's a perception even within church that somehow being a Christian means you've got it all together. You, you've got it down pat, and you're living all the time the way you're supposed to live and never messing up. 
And that's not what the scripture talks about. But what the scripture does is direct us to the source that we can go to, that we need to go to, that we desperately need in our lives, both for salvation and to live for God. And that's this word. I want to put one word up here, very important word, and that's the word grace. Everybody say grace. Grace is about God doing the work in us, not us doing the work. There's a great difference between those two things. It's not about us doing the, the work, either, again, of salvation or achieving something important before God or about living for Him and, and working out the salvation that He's put in our lives. This all comes from grace and by grace. Think about it. Jesus restores our souls by grace. It, it comes about because of the grace of God, and it's all because of and by grace that we can live differently. I'm reminded of, it's not in your notes here, but Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8 through 10, many of you know it. The Apostle Paul says, it's by grace through faith that we're saved, not of ourselves, it's a gift of God, not of works, so that no one can boast. Then he goes on to say, we are God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in. How does he do it? It's by grace. And, and all of this is to say, we need to depend on the grace of God. We need to daily come back to the grace of God because we, we do fail and we fall short on a on a daily basis in different ways, in our thoughts, our attitudes, all kinds of different ways. If we're going to live differently, it's got to be on the basis of grace, not on the basis of what we can do. Because uh, I don't know about you, I've tried that and I've come up short. But the scripture helps us to understand God's already provided all of that grace in Jesus. That's why he went to the cross. That's why God, in his great love, sent his son to the world to do what he's done for us. And, and, and I want to say also that for, for some of you here, you may have already thought, even when we started this message, that I, I can't share my story because I've, I've really messed up. I, I'm not qualified. I'm disqualified from this message tonight because I've messed up. And I want to say to you, you're, you're not disqualified. None of us are disqualified, aren't you thankful? Because God is the one who qualifies. The God of all grace, as he's called in Scripture, has qualified us because of who Jesus is and because of what Jesus has done. Uh, that ought to be um, a real strong amen in some of our hearts. Live different. This is what God is calling us to do. Now, the way we live causes people, as we said, to stop and ask what makes you this way? And we, we have the great opportunity to answer. It's the grace of God in Jesus. Let me tell you about that, what he did for me, what he can do for you. Notice Ephesians chapter 4, verse 1, what the Apostle Paul says here. Let's go to the Scriptures. Paul says, Therefore I, a prisoner for serving the Lord, beg you to lead a life worthy of your calling, for you have been called by God. Let's explore this for a little bit. Now, Paul says, uh, I beg you to lead a life worthy of your calling. Now, we're talking about taking the journey. And that journey involves a calling. We saw it earlier in Matthew 4. You remember? Jesus said, come, follow me. There's a calling. And, and Paul says, live a life worthy 
of your calling. What is he talking about here? Well, the very next verse, again, we don't have it uh, in the notes here, but the very next verse, verse 2, says this, be completely humble and gentle. Be patient with each other, bearing with one another in love. Let me say that again. Paul, Paul's saying, live a life worthy of the calling. How do I do that, Paul? Well, verse 2, he says, be completely humble and gentle, bearing with one another, being patient with one another, loving each other. You see what it looks like to live that kind of life, to live differently? Instead of harshness, we should be known as people of kindness. Instead of anger, we should be known as people of patience, or what the Scripture sometimes calls forbearance. In fact, Jesus addressed this issue of anger. Let's, let's focus on that for just a moment here. Notice what Jesus said. This may be familiar to you from Matthew chapter 5, the Sermon on the Mount. Jesus said, you're familiar with the commandment taught to those of old, do not murder or you will be judged. But I'm telling you, if you hold anger in your heart toward a fellow believer, you are subject to judgment. Everybody say, ouch. We've been there. Maybe today. Maybe right now. Look at what Jesus says. He says, if you hold anger in your heart toward a fellow believer, you're subject to judgment. Let's think about this in terms of the world we live in. Uh, our culture is full of a lot of anger. Would you agree with me? So many different ways that people are angry at each other, and, and so often it sounds like they're, they're really angry at themselves or angry at God or something. And, and I say that as if they're the third person. Sometimes that's me. And maybe that's you. And we have to come back to Jesus' standard. If we're going to live different, we have to say, that, that can't be us. By the grace of God, we can be different than the world around us. By the grace of God, we don't have to be angry at every person who disagrees with what we think or, or our opinion or whatever perspective we have. We don't have to, even though many around us may, may seem like that. But Jesus says, you're to live differently. He says, you're, you're following me. You're becoming more like me, and that's not me. Instead of that anger, you can be patient, you can be forgiving, and you can, you can do this by the grace of God and the power of his spirit, not in our own ways, not in our own attitudes, because otherwise we would be right back here. Are you following with me? Is this making sense to anybody? Jesus said, that's my standard. Jesus has raised the standard of living, if you will. And we have to take on his standard as our own and live at a different level as he's called us and commanded us to do that. But only by grace, only by the power of his spirit can we do that. And when we live that way, inevitably, that'll invoke other people around us to want to know our story. And that's why number three is really important. Know your story. How do, we, how do we share our story with other people? We've got to know the story. What do we mean by that? Knowing your story really is not complicated. simply knowing what Jesus has done for you and being able to express that. Here's some questions we thought of that may help along the way. Let's just look at these and, and consider how this can help shape your story. And maybe you've thought about these before. Maybe you have a story that you're readily sharing, or maybe this can help you to formulate that more. 
Notice this, before I met Jesus, what were some of my needs or, or struggles as well, things that I was, I was concerned about? Where did I feel like I was lacking? What was missing in my life? Number two, what did I try to satisfy those needs with that didn't work? What brought me to the point to consider Jesus as the answer? And how did inviting Jesus to be Lord of my life change me? And this is a key, of course. How did he change me? What, what did his presence in my life, accepting him as Lord and Savior, do in, in that change process there? So these are practical questions that hopefully can help you. Again, maybe, maybe you've had a, a sense of this is my story, and, and these are reinforcing to that, or maybe this can really get you started saying, what is my story? How can I formulate my story in a way that would help other people to understand that? Remember the Samaritan woman in uh, John chapter 4? You remember the story there? I'm just going to summarize that uh, for a moment here. Uh, Jesus encounters her, meets up with her at uh, Jacob's well, as it's called, and he has this conversation with her, and he reveals a number of things about her life that, that weren't really good. They're the kind of things that led to shame and, and certainly condemnation and guilt and these kinds of things in her life. And Jesus revealed them in such a way that she knew. He was, he was, the, one, he was the Messiah. He understood from God what was going on in her life, and he had the answer to that. And so you remember she runs back to her village, and she says, come and see a man who told me everything that I did. Not just that he told me that, but he opened up a whole new world to me of freedom. I don't have to be caught up in shame the rest of my life. I don't have to be uh, feeling like I'm a condemned person. Instead, I know I'm accepted by God. Now, I'm taking a little beyond her story, but it's the implication of what she shared and, and the whole story in John chapter 4. You can read it there. She was excited to share her story because Jesus had changed her. So if we're going to tell our story, we must know the answer to the question, what has Jesus done for me? How can I share that with others in a way that they will understand? That's really what, what this is about. That's what we're encouraging you to do on a practical note, and, and myself as well. Maybe sit down and, and write out maybe at maximum like a page of some answers to this, because that's going to help you for number four. You ready for number four as we finish up here? Talk about sharing your story. You need to be ready. And I need to, to be ready for the opportunities that God will bring our way. God uh, sets up divine appointments. Have you ever encountered a situation where you said, this is a divine appointment. This is a setup. God set this up for me to talk with this person at this time. And we need to be ready for those. We, we don't have to necessarily, in what we're talking about here tonight, run out and, and, and start preaching on the street corner. If, if that's where you are, that's great, but we don't necessarily have to do that. But we need to be ready to tell our story when the opportunity is there. God will bring people the right time, the right situation to do that. Let's look at some scriptures that help us. In 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 2, it says, preach the word, be prepared. There's the word, be prepared, be ready, in season and out of season. Notice 1 Peter 3.15. I love this, this passage, especially in regard to what we're talking about tonight. Peter says, always be prepared. How often? Always be prepared. Be ready to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope 
that you have. But do this with gentleness and respect. Always be prepared. Be ready. And notice this. Uh, in John chapter 1, let's finish with this story again from John's gospel here. Uh, notice that we're coming full circle back to Simon, uh, Peter, and Andrew, as we saw in the original story. And this, apparently in John, this happened before the story we read about in Matthew chronologically. And so notice what happens here. It says, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, was one of these men who heard what John the Baptist said and then followed Jesus. Andrew went to find his brother Simon and told him, we have found the Messiah, which means Christ. Then Andrew brought Simon to meet Jesus. Looking intently at Simon, Jesus said, your name is Simon, son of John, but you will be called Cephas in Aramaic, which means Peter. What's happening here? Andrew brought Peter to Jesus. That's how he came to know Jesus. And I want to say to us and, and say to myself tonight also, we will help change people's lives by bringing them to Jesus as we share our story. Andrew physically brought Peter to Jesus and introduced him. We can't physically bring people to Jesus, but we can help people to come to him as we share our story, as it's intertwined with the gospel story of who Jesus is, what he's done for us in a personal way. And so, uh, what have we talked about here? Practically, we've learned that sharing your story involves the fact that we need to get baptized. We need to live differently. We need to know our story and be ready to share that whenever God opens up a particular door. So this is one aspect here of taking this journey, of following Jesus, becoming his disciples. So in the series as a whole, this Take the Journey series, it's clear that Jesus is calling each one of us to follow him, not just Andrew and Peter, James and John. That message, that call is for each one of us. Come, follow me. Would you say that with me? Come, follow me. I hope you and I can hear that echo in our hearts because wherever you are in this journey, again, maybe you're just beginning. This would be a great night to begin. It is the night to begin. Or maybe you're somewhere along the road in some way. That call is still there. It's very relevant. It's very up-to-date. It's very today. Come, follow me so he can use us to make a difference for his kingdom. Will you say yes to him in the right now? Let's go to him in prayer. Father, we thank you so much, Lord, for this invitation, this call, Lord, this challenge uh, from Jesus himself to follow after him. Lord, this is the great adventure. This is the great journey, Lord, that we're called to and, Lord, that we want, we want to receive even now. Father, we need your grace. Lord, it's only by grace that we come to know you in the first place. It's only by grace that we can live out, live differently of the calling that we have from Jesus. And so tonight, Lord, I pray for each of us, Lord God, I pray that we would be responsive to you. Lord, this isn't about anybody else. It's about following after your son. It's about living for him, learning from him, and becoming more like him. And Lord, that's a great invitation. It's a great challenge. 
but it's something you can accomplish by your grace in our hearts and lives. So, Father, we ask you even tonight to help us to step further on that journey with you. We believe you for it. We trust you in Jesus' name. I would like to close today by giving you an opportunity to ask Jesus to be the Lord of your life. Would you pray with me right now? Right where you are, just simply bow your head with me, and I'm going to give you a prayer to pray, and you can simply speak this prayer out, whisper this prayer out, and from the sincerity of your heart, call upon God, and I promise you that He will hear and answer you. So let's pray together. Start by simply whispering the name Jesus. Let there come uh, from your heart just the declaration of His name. Say, Jesus, I know that, that I am a sinner, that I have fallen short with you. I'm sorry for all of my sins. Jesus, I believe in you. I believe that you are God's Son. I believe that you are the Savior of the world. I believe that you died on the cross for my sins. And I believe that you rose from the grave, that you are alive today. Now pray these words. Say, Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Come into my life. Forgive me of my sins. Give me a new start in you. I commit my life to you in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, if you prayed that prayer with me, I want to encourage you with a promise from God's Word that says that when we call upon God's name, we call upon the Son of God, there is salvation that comes to our lives. He changes us from the inside out, and you become a new creation. All things pass away. All things become new. And that's exactly what has happened to you today. Your next step really is to make sure that you get into a good Bible-believing church. And you begin to study God's Word, get God's Word in you, and to make sure that you get a copy of the Bible if you don't have one and begin to read it. Spend some time every day in prayer. And I would encourage you also to check out the resources on our website that will help you to get going in your relationship with Jesus. You can find them at church-redeemer.org. Get those into your hands. Get started in your new life with Jesus Christ. Thanks again for joining us today. May God bless you, and we look forward to seeing you next time.